This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Well, good morning. Now, sometimes when we uh, start preparing for a lesson, we just kind of change tracks in, in mid-course. And a lot of times when we're trying to pick a topic, of course, first thing we want to do is start praying. And, and things that are affecting us in our lives tend to have a, a forefront in that picture. And this morning, just for a few moments, I want to talk about uh, indecision, fear, and doubt and in our decision-making process. Now, we talk a lot lately about uh, the decision-making process as it pertains to um, what's right and wrong, what's good and evil, in our Christian walk of life. And that is vitally imperative. A few verses. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. And always acknowledge him, and he will direct thy pathways. Proverbs 28, 26, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. The one we've been quoting a lot here lately because we all need it, and we probably all feel like we fall short. James 1 and 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. In our spiritual walk of life, and first and foremost, uh, the most important decision we'll ever make is to become a Christian, point blank. Uh, that is it. And as this building is full mostly of Christians and uh, small children, uh, we know that and that it's paramount to walk the narrow pathway. We understand that. We get that. But this morning, uh, I kind of want to take a little di different viewpoint not what's right and wrong. We understand that. Those are easier decisions to make. We recognize sin. We fall short. Uh, we seek forgiveness. But in our everyday walk of life, there's a lot of different divergent pathways that we have to choose uh, that aren't necessarily right and wrong. In fact, they're just basic decisions of life, and some of them uh, are very intense and very important and very heavy, and if we're not careful, uh, we can just become so indecisive with fear that we don't move forward at all. Now, every age group here, there's teens, 20-somethings, little kids, middle-aged, some of us are seniors, not very many, but some of us, and every age group uh, tends to focus on decisions that seem to be so earth-shattering and weights on our shoulders that pertain only to uh, our age group. We understand that. We get that. And I'm kind of far past those teen years. It's getting harder and harder uh, to relate to that. But we've talked about here of late that, you know, some of those coming-of-age adults are starting to have to make uh, some difficult decisions now. And not necessarily right and wrong. They've been raised in a household full of uh, godly worship and centered on, focused on God. And because of that, every step of the way, 
uh, they've been given a little bit here and a little bit there to make decisions so that later in life they can make their own because that's how we, we raise up children. We don't make every decision for them in their young adult life or they'll be very ill-equipped to make decisions on their own when the time comes. Pushed out into a cold, cruel world and all of a sudden pathways diverge everywhere. Being focused on what's right and wrong helps in the everyday decisions. Do we go straight into the workforce? We have friends that did that. They're making good money. Do we go to college? Uh, our parents have input into that. There's financial situations involved in that. If we decide to go to college, what college do we choose? Those are tough choices. Those aren't right and wrong choices, are they? But they are choices and they diverge through different pathways. And they can lead us to different places. Decide to go to college. Which college? Decide to go to that college. What major? What minor? How many years? Do you want to be a master's degree? Do you want to go for your doctorate? There's a lot of choices to make. Some of them are very, very difficult to decide at a young age. And in that age group, we're usually already dating. How serious are we? We've been brought up to understand we don't need to be unequally yoked. And so on the dating process, we've probably dated those that we feel uh, that we are equally yoked with and that we love and care about. And then a decision has to be made. Is, is it time to get married? If we do, do we wait? Do we wait for college? Do we wait for jobs to get better? The decisions just keep piling up. If we decide to get married, fantastic, life changes. But now we have two people combined together, who need to make decisions together in divergent pathways, not necessarily right and wrong, but we have to make decisions. And that can be very difficult to do. Are we going to buy a house? What's the interest rate? A little over 7%? Do we rent a house? If we buy a house, do we buy a house that's a fixer-upper that we can kind of work on as we go? If we need to move off because our job's going somewhere, do we do we buy a turnkey house? Can we afford the turnkey house? There's a lot of things that just go through the life and mind on life's highway. That song was on the radio this morning. It's kind of on my mind. If you get through that stage of life and face all these decisions, there's more to make. As we get older, we decide, do we want to have children now? Do we want to wait? Everybody's telling us the same thing. If you wait to have children till you can afford to have children, you won't have children. That's playing in our mind. Then we decide how many children do we want. As we were married and it was just the two of us, our house was plenty of room. But now we're starting to kind of outgrow the house. So do we need to add on to the house or do we need to go out and buy a new house? Do we want a 15-year mortgage? Do we want a 30-year fixed? Man, the decisions of life just keep piling on. That middle-aged life where we've had a career for a while, and now we realize it's not on our heart to stay in that field. Make a, a midlife decision and make a change of gears. That's a big decision. It doesn't happen overnight. Right, JK? <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. He had a promotion that was pretty impressive. Uh, he made a decision in life, him and Jessica together, I guarantee. They didn't just decide one day, hey, how about I go to nursing school, change everything that we're doing. Okay, you want to? Sure, let's do it. 
It's a long process, weighing the cost. You don't start a building until you weigh the cost of the building. There's a lot going in to the thought process. There's a whole lot of pressure, and it starts early on. A lot of people think you get to my age group in the senior years, that all gets so much easier. Well, you're wrong, I guarantee it. You probably never heard of the crossover period for Social Security, but I'm thinking about it a whole lot right now. 61, 62. If I retire at 62 years of age, and I start drawing so much Social Security, it's a shorter amount than if I waited till 65. Okay, what's the crossover? If I retire at age 62 and I draw this much up until the age of 65, I add up all that, and then how long will it take if I draw from 65 on, making more money, $100 more a month maybe, before I reach the same amount of money where they cross over? Do I go now? Do I wait? Do I retire when Pat retires? That's a lot of things to think about. Do you put into a 401k? How much do you put in? Well, you don't give away free money, so whatever your employer's giving, you probably give that. Well, life's busy. There's a lot going on. And most of those decisions, all of those decisions we talked about, you know, those aren't right and wrong, are they? Those aren't talking about giving it a sin. Those are talking about everyday life decisions. And it's difficult to understand which way to go sometimes because we know as paths diverge, if I choose this path, if I choose this college, if I choose this degree, then this will diverge this way and I start heading there. Man, we get married, where should we live? Don't get nervous. Sometimes you have two sets of parents. You have your in-laws, you have your parents, and there are conflicting advices going on, especially when there are different states. It just happens. I know. I've been there, believe me. And uh, in those situations for me, I did not always give wise advice. I gave what was good for me. So I had a child that decided they wanted to move off, not just to across the country, but to South Korea with the grandbabies. That was tough. And the advice I was giving is, nah, don't do what you feel in your heart. Is Don't do that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You're going to move halfway across the world? Don't take my grandbabies away. They had a lot of advice coming in, a whole lot of advice. But in the end, what did they have to do? And they did, by the way. Most of you know that. Uh, they had to do what was right for them. Some decisions aren't right and wrong, but they're not easy to make, and it's where the heart is. So when we're faced with those decisions, uh, how do we do that? Because it's not our spiritual walk in one sense, but our walk of life is always spiritual-based, isn't it? And so if we're looking for answers, uh, if we want to find out you know, God help me, how do I make uh, the right decision? How do I make a wise decision? That's pretty simple when it comes to right and wrong. We can go straight to the Bible. We can look up something that's a sin, and we know it's a sin. But when we start making those difficult decisions, now there's people here who, families who decided to pick up, sell their house, quit their job, and move here. There's people that used to live here. 
decided it was best for their families to do the exact opposite. They moved somewhere else. They followed a career. That's a tough choice, and you don't make those things overnight. But do you always find peace with your decisions? Or have you ever second-guessed what you decided to do and the pathway and the divergence that they created? Because Satan loves nothing more to attack that part of our life with fear and doubt and indecision so that he can attack the spiritual aspect of our life. Good or evil, righteous, unrighteous, those are the easier because we can tell the difference. Do you know there's over 35,000 decisions made every day on average? That's what we learned in a leadership class. And for those who are in leadership roles, or parents, it can be a whole lot more than that. Some of those are very basic. Some of them are very difficult. So where do you go for peace of mind? What do you do when you really need to make a very serious decision? And do you second-guess that decision a lot? If a decision seems straightforward, clear, and obvious in our life, we feel all the confidence in the world in it. We just go for it, we do it, and then we don't look back. Uh, but it's those other choices, it's the decisions we can't just find complete peace with. Those are harder to make. And as we look at what helps us in our spiritual life, there are basically a, a few things that we always do. We just do because that's, that's how we make decisions based on right and wrong. But it's also how we should make decisions based on just everyday choices. Scripture, prayer, and counsel. Now we've, we've gone over counsel so many different times in so many different ways I feel like it's repetitive. But uh, there's a reason with so many young people in the audience why we continue to go over that. And it's imperative in our decision-making process to know who's sharpening our iron. Um, Sometimes advice just comes without us asking, and well-intentioned and all in good. Uh, but sometimes when we look in the wrong places, and then we steer ourselves in the wrong way, and we use somebody else for a scapegoat. You told me this was a good idea. Now, it's easy to blame somebody for our own decisions. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is all profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction. Well, we know that. We know that we dig into that to know what's right and wrong. But what about just the everyday decisions? Do you want wisdom in your decision-making process? Book of Proverbs, great place to start. There's tons of scriptures that help guide us. Proverbs 15:22. without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Philippians 1, 4, uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. The peace of God that passeth all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You stuck in a rut sometimes on what to decide? Go to God's word, go to prayer and seek out counsel. Same things that we're always told on spiritual aspects of life. Pat and I have several big decisions. Uh, there's things that just kind of change, and I have a feeling that 
Almost every family here right now probably has something that you've been trying to decide on yourself, some aspect of life. And uh, our prayer life is vitally important in every aspect. I pray to God sometimes, please just, just show me. Uh, just open a door. Close a door. Just, just show me. I am stuck. I don't know which way to turn on this particular decision. If you just show me by opening something or closing something, just give me a sign. Anything, please. And then sometimes we see that. We just see it kind of happening. Other times, we don't see anything. Sometimes the answer is just not right now, isn't it? Throughout the scriptures, we are told so many times, stop rushing into things. Now, there's some decisions that we have to make. Some of those are actually life and death and end of life decisions. Those are the very difficult ones to make. I know Jason sees those every day. That's a difficult thing for a family to go through. And when they do that, and we've been there, and we understand that kind of a difficult decision, everyone in the family needs to be on board together and supportive of each other in that process. But not all of life's decisions are life and death and end of life. But some of them that seem so heavy on us that will decide where we take our pathway in life and where we're going to live and what we're going to do. If we're going to stay nearby with family and friends, if we're going to choose a different pathway that takes us totally away from here. Those things are tough. And we don't always just see some light bulb go off and sign from God. Pray and pray and pray. And one thing that we can do, we fail to sometimes, is to get everybody else that we consider um, to be our wise counsel, to pray with us. Technology is a wonderful thing. When we send out a request, man, I've got, I've got something so heavy on my heart, I'm trying to decide on it. Would you pray for wisdom for me and for discernment? And those emojis start coming back real quick, the little hands praying. And I have no doubt in my mind that if anybody sends that to me that they actually stopped and they prayed for me, and I appreciate that greatly. And it means so much to me. And as we are faced with these situations in life that we just feel frozen, sometimes we just have to remind ourselves, you know, we can't steer the boat if we've got it anchored to the dock. (laughs) The boat ain't going nowhere if it's still tied up. Uh, Sometimes we have to search God's word, pray about it, get other people involved, not just in praying, but listening to some advice. Who's your counselors? Who's sharpening your iron? And for those of us, those of you who have found yourself in that group, but somebody has selected you, that they go to you for advice? That's one of the greatest honors in life that you're going to receive, that they respect you that much and appreciate your input that much. And the worst thing we can ever do, if we are somebody's advisor, as it were, we're a friend that they ask advice from time to time. It says, you know what, you need to do this. They're not looking for you to decide for them, but they need some input. Your life experiences most likely are different than theirs, and you can have input they didn't even think about. Some of you have mentioned stuff to me in the decision-making process I hadn't even considered. And so when we seek out counsel in that way, we can start to build a portfolio of knowledge that we did not have on our own. And that's why it's so imperative 
to not be unequally yoked in marriage and in counsel. And when somebody chooses us to do that, that we take that with great gravity and responsibility, then we do our very most diligent in the process of trying to uh, give some good advice because we certainly don't want to steer somebody down a pathway they didn't have to go. So that's something we have to take extremely serious. This is a bumper sticker thing, but um, it just means a lot to me. Those who bring out the best in you stay connected to them. You ever heard that? Some of the decisions that we make in life can kind of take us away from that. So we've got to remember, be around, talk to, and encourage those who bring out the best in you spiritually. Trials and fear. Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of trouble from the wicked when it comes. The Lord will be your confidence. He will keep your foot from being caught. Psalm 62 and 8. Speaking of God, trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him, for God is what? He is our refuge. When we're stuck and we can't make a decision, and we've gone through all those processes, we've gone to God's word, we've looked for anything that might even closer relate to help us to make this decision. We've prayed, we've prayed, we've talked to those who we consider to be good counsel, and then it's time to make up our mind and make a decision and have confidence in it. And there's two things that happen after that, after that occurs. Either you just keep moving forward, you know, I mean, you don't plow a field by constantly looking behind you. You're going to have wavy gravy behind you if you do that. Or you start second-guessing your decisions. And when we start second-guessing absolutely everything we do, the only thing we're ever going to think about, which will affect our spiritual life, what if, man, where would I be right now if I had just chose the other pathway? Again, not right and wrong, but just everyday life decisions. What would my life be like had I, instead of going in this direction, if I had known all these consequences and divergent pathways, I would have done that. I would have done this. And now all I can think about is what might have been. Does that help anything at all? We know that. We don't know that. We, we just assume that if we had chose differently, man, if I just knew then what I know now. We don't know the future, but we know who holds the future. And God is our stay and our anchor. And I need you, I desperately need you from time to time to remind me about that because I am the world's worst about second-guessing every decision I make. And that affects my spiritual life in every aspect. I don't know how I managed to get so long-winded I uh, apologize for that. There is um, another set of notes that I will hold off on on financial decisions. Uh, financial decisions are a little touchy anyway. That's, a, that's one of those things where uh, I don't need to know how you spend your money. You don't need to know how I spend mine, but God needs to know everything. And um, there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible that deal with financial aspects. 
If you want to know how to choose wisely and if you want to know what to do wisely with being a good steward, uh, the Bible has the answers. This morning, if there are anyone in the audience who, um, like me, man, you just you just kind of up against something and you're just wondering what you need to do because that pathway doesn't look so obvious this way or this way. And you're trying to focus on God's word. You're going to God in prayer, but you haven't quite gotten there yet. And you're just kind of hung up. The prayers of the church can avail much. And I appreciate your prayers for our behalf, and I will be glad to do the same for you. If you have made decisions in your life, and you feel like it just absolutely fell apart, <laughs> and that everything just kind of went south, then the prayers of the church is there for you. So if there is anyone in the audience and there is something heavy, a burden on your heart, uh, don't carry that burden alone. doesn't mean you have to walk up the aisle and come have a seat right now at this very moment. Um, but there are men and women sitting around you, brothers and sisters, who will help you carry that burden. And if you feel like that, that decision is just weighing so heavy on your heart, it's just creating stress in your life, it's affecting your health, and it's affecting your spiritual life, then please, please do something about that and get someone to help in some way. And if we can do that right now, we'd be more than happy. Because when everybody here prays together, someone will lead the prayer. And at the end, we all say amen. It's not, hey, we end the prayer with amen. It's because amen. That prayer is mine too. And we share our hearts, we share our burdens, and we share in that decision-making process with each other. Because we're there for each other at all times. If you need prayers for any reason, or if you have made that decision, the most important decision of all, that you want to become a child of God, and you've been aptly taught, and we would love to assist you in that as well. If you be one of either case, please have a seat on the front row and let us know to assist you. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71, Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.